Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikbat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvatisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Messiah at the Gates of Rome from Sanhedrin 98a in the Talmud. Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi met Elijah while the prophet was standing at the entrance to the cave of Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai. Rabbi Yehoshua asked him, Do I have a place in the world to come? Elijah replied, If the master desires it. As Elijah spoke, Rabbi Yehoshua looked about in wonderment. Perhaps it was only the echo from the cave before which he stood. But later on, when he would speak of this meeting with Elijah, he would say, I saw two of us, but I heard the voice of a third. Rabbi Yehoshua asked Elijah another question about the future time. When will the Messiah come? Elijah answered, go and ask him himself. Rabbi Yehoshua was amazed. You mean I could find him, talk to him now? Where is he? Elijah said, you can find him at the gates of Rome. How will I recognize him at the gates of Rome? Asked Rabbi Yehoshua. Elijah told him, there he sits among the lepers, whom you will find unwinding all their bandages at the same time and then covering their sores with clean bandages. The Messiah is the only one who unwinds and rewinds his bandages one at a time, thinking, I want to be ready at a moment's notice if I am called. Rabbi Yehoshua traveled from the cave of Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai all the way to Rome, a journey that seemed to take him only a few steps. He was not frightened by the strong gates of the enemy, nor the pitiful condition of the lepers. Keeping in mind Elijah's advice on how to identify the Messiah in the most unlikely of places, among the most wretched of people, he quickly spotted one poor sufferer who was unwrapping and rewrapping only one sore at a time. Rabbi Yehoshua approached him and said, Peace be upon you, my master and teacher. The, the leper looked knowingly at him and replied, Peace be upon you, son of Levi. Rabbi Yehoshua asked him, When will the master come? Today, said the leper. Rabbi Yehoshua returned to Elijah in the blink of an eye. Elijah said to him, What did the Messiah say to you? Rabbi Yehoshua replied, He said, Peace be upon you, son of Levi. Elijah said, Ah, as to your first question of me, he assured you that both you and your father have a place in the world to come. Rabbi Yehoshua said, But he lied to me, saying, Today I will come, but he has not come. Elijah said, No, he did not say that he would come today, quote-unquote. Rather, he was quoting a psalm verse to you. Today, if only you will listen to his voice from Psalm 95.7, unquote. There are many stories about Elijah which connect him with the Messiah. In the traditional Passover Seder, of course, we have the cup for Elijah and the seat, and uh, we open the door to welcome him in messianic hope, the hope for the return of the king. In the biblical and rabbinic traditions, Elijah 
or someone in the spirit of Elijah will come as a forerunner. Uh, we read that uh, in our uh, Malachi passage earlier for our special one for Shabbat Hagadol. And he will, uh, Elijah will prepare the way. He will prepare the way for the king or perhaps for the leper who suffers, the one who brings restoration to all things. As I mentioned, today is Shabbat Hagadol, the great Shabbat. It is the last Shabbat before Passover. The rabbis called it the great Shabbat because of the great and terrible day of the Lord in the Haftarah portion that we mentioned, and because Passover is a foretaste of that great day of the Lord. Uh, This day of the Lord has two parts to it. It is a time of judgment, but it also is a time of restoration. And Hashem has given us this Shabbat, this time, to prepare. This is our time. This is the great Shabbat to prepare. He has sent Elijah beforehand. So on this day, during the Exodus story, what were the children of Jacob doing? Preparing. And that is what we should be doing today. We should make ready the road, make ready the home, and make ready the lamb. So first, let's make ready the road. In the ancient times, perhaps some of you remember, or some of you out there remember, uh, when a king would visit a town, they would clear a path for him, removing all the obstacles. They would smooth it out and take care of any potholes. They would prepare the way, the road for the king. I imagine this sort of scene from the carriage. Driver, why have the royal horses stopped a-galloping? Your Highness, there are are potholes in the road. Potholes? These townsfolk didn't smooth out the road beforehand? Well, we shall have to visit Richmond upon the James another time. So, this is the sense of preparing the way or road for the Lord that we find in the Scriptures. There is a figure in the Greek scriptures who captures this spirit of Elijah and the preparing the way for the Lord idea the very best. Whenever I meet a Baptist, I always say, you know, I love Baptists. You know, the first Baptist was Jewish, John the Baptist. It gets a laugh maybe one out of ten times, uh, so I'm still working on it. Maybe it's the timing. But uh, nevertheless, it's John the Baptist or John the Immerser who embodies this idea of preparing the way in the spirit of Elijah. In this week's special New Covenant reading for the Great Shabbat, Luke 1, 15 through 17, we find this, and I think we read this earlier. He will be great before Adonai. This is referring to John the Baptist. And he should not drink wine and intoxicating beverage. But he will be filled with the Ruach HaKodesh just out of his mother's womb. Many of the children of Israel will turn to Adonai their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to the children and the disobedient ones to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready for Adonai a prepared people. In other words, to prepare the road for the king, you really have to prepare the people for the king. Which brings us to our next point, make ready the home. A prepared people 
prepare the place of their home. Yes, I think I said that right. Prepared people prepare the place of their home. In the natural sense of this, this week we've got to get out what? The chametz, the yeast, right? My wife knows I love to vacuum and sweep. Isn't that right, honey? Yes, yes, she, she said yes. Let the record show. My wife knows this. It's a time for spring cleaning, getting all those crumbs out. Traditionally, this is done the day before Passover. This, uh, this week, that's Tuesday. So if you want to sweep out all the crumbs and all the yeast from your house, you can do it then. Perhaps, Bizrat Hashem, with God's help, you will see a photo of me on social media this Tuesday searching for the last crumb in our house to prove to you all that uh, this is something I do. Mary's shaking her head. Okay, I'm going to continue on, though. The New Covenant writers picked up on this motif, showing that if we need to clean out our physical homes, then kal v'chomer, how much more should we clean out our spiritual homes? In this analogy, leavening is sin, and this is a time to cleanse our souls. You know, repentance isn't always easy, but it is important. Ask Hashem this week to show you what is not pleasing to Him. We can press in, right? And He will show us. Ask God how we can turn more fully to Him, how you can prepare the roadway and your home for the King so there's no potholes and there's no crumbs. This week, I read a beautiful drash from Rabbi Russ Resnick, Rabbinic Council for the Union. It was on the Great Shabbat, of course. It was for this this week, and I thought it had some uh, befitting great counsel with regard to cleaning our spiritual homes. So this is what Rabbi Russ says, quote, both the rabbinic literature and the Brit Hadashah see leaven as a metaphor for sin or the evil inclination. Don't you know, Paul asked the Corinthians, that a little chametz leavens the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old chametz so that you may be a new batch, just as you are unleavened. Just as we're vigilant to sanitize ourselves against the coronavirus, so we can be vigilant against these three strains that threaten our souls and communities, very much including our Messianic Jewish community, and fulfill Paul's admonition, get rid of the old chametz. Number one, Rabbi Russ says, the leaven of consumerism. The COVID shutdown gives us a new perspective on consumerism because we can't do it as much as usual. Although it's notable that lots of people responded to news of the expanding pandemic by consuming more stuff. Toilet paper, bottled water, canned goods, and at least around here, potatoes. He's in uh, New Mexico, so I guess potatoes are, are important there. There's religious consumerism too, which talks God but centers on self, on what's in it for me, how I get the most bang for my religious buck. We need to watch out for that consumerism doesn't seduce us into a religion about me with God as a flashy accessory. Number two, says Rabbi Russ, the leaven of competition. Leaven puffs up, as Paul reminds us. Puffed up people love to compare themselves and compete with others. They or we gain in self-esteem by tearing down others. The COVID shutdown should help us become less competitive and more interested in helping others, even though we might be still tempted to compete for that toilet paper. It reminds us that it's essential to watch out for others as well as for ourselves. 
And number three, Rabbi Russ says, the leaven of inconsistency. Inconsistency is hypocrisy, everyone's favorite religious criticism. It happens when our behavior doesn't match our verbiage, as uh, portrayed by the blogger called the Jewish Atheist. When I was a child, I remembered high holiday services in our hometown temple as glorified fashion shows and gossip fests. The rabbi and cantor were speaking or singing while the congregants whispered about who looked old, who got divorced, or where so-and-so's daughter went to college. The most religious time of the Jewish year was reduced to petty arguments, icy glares, and idle chatter. We can all think of examples even closer to home in our own communities and personal lives, but the positive commandment of Passover takes care of this. Get rid of the old chametz so you may be a new batch, just as you are unleavened for Messiah, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with old chametz, the chametz of malice and wickedness, but with unleavened bread. What is it? The matzah of sincerity and truth from 1 Corinthians 5, 7 through 8. Not only we get rid of chametz, that's the negative command, but we eat matzah, that's the positive command. Sincerity and truth mean that our lives have integrity. How we live throughout the week, how we respond to this crazy pandemic, reflects what we say at services on Shabbat. More than that, it reflects who we really are in Messiah Yeshua. Instead of consumerism, it's all about God, who revealed himself in Messiah Yeshua, not just to me, but all Israel and all of humankind. Instead of competition, it's all about God's kingdom, about his program, not mine. Instead of inconsistency, it's all about integrity, serving the king ahead of myself always. Unquote. Well, thank you, Rabbi Russ. That is great counsel. Yeshua connects his identity with these things that must be prepared before the ultimate Passover, the great day of the Lord. We are to prepare the way of the Lord, and Yeshua is also the way of the Lord. He is the road. Remember he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We are to prepare our home, which is our temple, ourselves, and Yeshua is the presence of God. He is the temple, right? He is the home of God in whom the presence of God dwells. And this presence actually cleanses our homes, our souls. And of course, Yeshua is the lamb of Passover who was afflicted for us, like the leper figure in the Talmud that Elijah was pointing toward. And so we have prepared the road, we have prepared the home, and now we shall focus on preparing the lamb. As I mentioned before, the rabbis reasoned that it was on this Shabbat today that the Israelites began preparing the lamb for that first Passover, a few days before the final redemption, by placing the blood of that innocent lamb on the doorposts of the house. Eastern European Jews typically don't prepare lamb for Passover uh, in order to fulfill this command. Why? Because there's no longer a temple. So how then can we prepare the lamb? The lamb is the sacrificed Messiah. He is the leper healer, the body broken for us during that great and terrible Passover day. We prepare the lamb by being like the lamb, by being like Messiah, following after him. Passover is about remembering that God rescued us by the lamb, and then we are to be like that lamb in some smaller way. 
like Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi, who asked Elijah when and where the Messiah would be. So, too, we might be wondering the same thing, right? Where is Messiah? Where is hope? Where is protection in these difficult days? When will the Messiah come to rescue and restore us on that great and terrible day of the Lord? Well, the when is today. It's the day that we respond to his kingdom. Remember, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So when we hear his voice saying, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, that is when we respond. That is the day. This is the message of the Messiah, and it's also the message of the forerunner in the spirit of, of Elijah. Remember, John the Immerser had the same message, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. As for the question of where the Messiah is, you will find him, as the Talmud says, among the hurting, among the suffering. Perhaps you know someone who doesn't have a quarantine buddy. You know, I have my wife as a great quarantine buddy, but maybe you know someone that doesn't have that. Why not give them a call, right? Invite them to your Zoom Seder, your family Seder, or you can invite them to our community Seder on Zoom. Right? But, but the important thing is to reach out. In this way, we can imitate Messiah and we can prepare the Lamb. There were many events that the prophets interpreted as foretastes of the day of the Lord. It's kind of something that is cyclical. One such event was a locust plague in the book of Joel. So in the time of the prophet Joel, uh, they, they called this the day of the Lord. And the land was obliterated by locusts. All their provisions, all their food was just gobbled up. And the prophets, including Joel, looked around and they noticed, hey, things just aren't right. Things are weird. And maybe you've said something quite similar to yourself during these days. Well, Joel encouraged the people to know that God will replace the years the locusts have eaten. He is a provider, that God will bring restoration. And we who follow Messiah, we can have hope and shalom in the midst of anxious times. And as God fills us with his hope, we have a lot of work to do to prepare for Passover, to prepare the road, to prepare the home, and to prepare the lamb. Let's pray. Avinu, we thank you for those that are listening. Uh, we pray your blessing on them and uh, all of your people, Lord. Help us to prepare for this Passover season, that it would be a fruitful time, um, that we would uh, really draw near to you during this time and redeem the time. And uh, we thank you that even if we can't be physically close with each other, your presence is always near to us. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.